All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Tony, it's good to see you. Yeah, good things? to see you. Uh, things are great. I clicked got it to acknowledge that I am being recorded um, mm-hmm. as if I didn't know. So that's that's positive. But yeah, things are good moving along. Um, we don't really have any vacancies right now in our apartments, which is a weird place. Usually we're renting something right now. Yeah, we, yeah. we only have a couple commercial vacancies, really, um, which are kind of intended. So, uh, so yeah, good place. How about yourself? Yeah, same story. Really good place. We just got a vacancy. Well, it's like a tenants broke up, so they want a vacancy, but they're under release. One of those vacancies. So uh, I see. So you're not in Pittsburgh. Who's renting it for you? Uh, well, we're just going to have the tenant show the place this time. And then we're going to have our handyman do a walkthrough. I mean, they're motivated, right? They want to break lease. So yeah. Like, sure. Help us show the place and clean it up. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I know they like broke some doors in the house and stuff. So there's going to be some. Nothing simple. Everything's hard. some uh, some rage. They, they went full rage on the hollow core doors. Yeah, they were like moving a couch, I think, and they put it through the bathroom door. Nice. So. That's one way yeah. to get a, a couch under the bathroom, I guess. Yes, exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't usually install a toilet seat in my couch, but when I do, it's very luxurious. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so what are, we, uh, what are we talking about today? Uh, today, we're going to talk through a little bit about um, why we're doing FI, kind of from the perspective of what we'll do once we've achieved it, or perhaps what we're doing now that we've partially achieved it. So sort of the very practical dream on dreamers, you, you too hmm. can have this kind of flexibility. All it there takes is complaining about vacancies and yeah. manage, managing hollow core doors. So. Yeah. So I think my intent here, I mean, I would say numbers wise, I've achieved FI. I just don't collect, you know, I, I have a job still so i don't i just kind of let the money continue to roll and just mm-hmm. reinvest it so i don't really uh collect from the money that we're making passively um however it's going to come in handy because now that i've achieved that i have a few plans for the coming year um that are only really possible well you could do them without five but would be a little bit more life altering if you did Mm -hmm. um we'll talk about that a little bit and then really i think going through these episodes i don't think either you and i are much in the um fully retire early part of the fire acronym which is financial independence retire early and i've read some articles recently about people kind of divorcing these terms like fire just sort of being like FI and retire early, like two separate things, which is kind of weird for, you know, them to be talking about like a movement separating. If it even is a movement, I don't really like a niche movement, I guess. The blog, the blogosphere uh, has their own, yeah. their own description of that, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but yeah, just kind of how 
you know, those two things intersect, how you can kind of financial independence gives you the ability to live kind of the free life that you would want from retiring, but with some of the satisfactions of being young enough to still kind of work and have a little bit more purpose than just sitting on beaches and stuff. Not that that's a negative thing if that's what you want, but I feel like playing video games is only entertaining for so long. Yeah. Maybe it's part of life, but not your whole life. (laughs) Unless you're a competitive gamer, then. uh, Fair enough. Which is apparently a sport now. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, those guys are paid now. Indeed. Well, I guess let's get into it then. Yeah, sounds good. So, Tony. um, Yeah, so I guess your background is you're running your own business. Businesses sort of. Multiple real estate sort of arrangements is probably the best word to describe it, partnerships and such. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're still doing that. Uh, my impression is you do that roughly 40 hours a week. You're not commuting tons, but you're, uh, yeah, you know, people expect you to be around when they want you, right? All the time. Indeed. And, and basically you're considering kind of entering into a new chapter where I think you have a little more flexibility around your schedule and it sounds like you're trying to promote other people and fire yourself in a sense. Does that sound sort of accurate? That's perfect. Uh, so I'll give a little bit of an overview. We've talked about it in this series a good bit about what I'm up to, but we've mostly focused on investing. So just to give you a brief overview of everything, um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I do, I manage properties for other people, roughly around 100 units. Um, That's become kind of time intensive, but I have a partner for that. And then we are planning on hiring a person to assist with that, which will take on a lot of the day-to-day activities for both of us um, to help offload some of our work. I also am a full-time realtor. I manage a team. Um, part of what goes with managing a team, I don't do as much of the showings of houses anymore. So I'm not like the guy unlocking the door, putting together the paperwork, all that stuff, but I'm still on almost everything as far as managing the agents, negotiating advice, Mm -hmm. uh, almost all the customers ask me for that kind of stuff. And then I work like as a partner with my agents, um, and then I'm also, we own the, uh, the investing company where we have over a hundred units uh, that we own and we have some employees. We're also hiring a, another employee for that. That's kind of like an office type employee to help the person who's intended to be a property manager, but she really kind of does way more than just manage the properties right now. We're we're bringing another person on to kind of take some of the burden off her so that she can focus on more, more duties like what I do. So right now there's, there's kind of three core businesses, I guess, in my life, all of which involve a good bit of maybe not driving around or running around, but a lot of decision-making, a lot of, um, oversight day-to-day being available, answering questions, everything like that. So um, that's, that's kind of where I am. I should also mention that my real estate business, we have an admin who helps with like marketing and stuff already. That was kind of the first step. 
but that's where everything is currently. All right. And so you're, you're switching gears, right? You're going to sort of, I guess, further remove yourself. And then what, I mean, what, why are you doing that? What, what are you, I mean, other than the fact that it sounds nice. Um, <laughs> well, it does sound nice. Um, so the reason for it is so that generally, I think whenever you talk about financial independence and not necessarily the retire early part, it's more for flexibility to do whatever you want, wherever your interests take you. So mm -hmm. I still, I still like real estate. I still like being involved. I just, I feel like a lot of times the day-to-day -day stress of everything kind of mm -hmm. fills, fills your headspace to the point that you can't really, um, it's hard to even focus on pushing things forward. It's hard to like take a step back and do the part that I like, which is growing, growing it, like putting together the structure. I'm not necessarily like, not that I'm, not that I'm lazy or don't execute things well, but I much more enjoy putting the plan together and helping like direct everybody kind of move things around. Um, mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm better at that anyway. I just, I'm not really, I can force myself to pay attention to details, but I don't enjoy detail oriented work. It's not like something that I love. I'm more, I'm more like to take a cursory view of things and just say, these are the main points, like, you know, go do whatever you can to accomplish the main points and just making mm -hmm. high level decisions and everything like that. So part of this is to make my day-to-day -day activities in my businesses more along the lines of what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then part of it is to open myself up for the freedom to enjoy some of my lesser lucrative pursuits in life. Um, <laughs> Less lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> Not lucrative uh, pursuits in my life. Just the things that I enjoy doing. Like I like uh, being outside, hiking, backpacking, um, picked up the guitar again, started playing that a good bit, like, like doing that. Um, things along those lines, traveling, uh, which is hard to do whenever you have employees in place and everything. Um, mm -hmm. so that's the reason for it by having people kind of take over a lot of what I do outside of the stuff that only I can really do well, I'm freeing myself up to kind of do that a little bit more, a bit of Tim Ferriss, like four hour work week type stuff, I guess, um, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. But I will say that this is all the result of, you know, at this point, almost a decade of like pretty hard grinding work just like every day you said 40 hours it's realistically near constant because calls can come at any time of the day so even though you're not working all the time it's like you're on 24 hours a day so if you don't have service on your cell phone you're like screwed and mm. a lot of what i like to do is doesn't have, you know <laughs> a lot of the places that i would like to be i won't have service and additionally we're planning on having you know one day we hope to have a family with, with kids. So it's like, I'd like to right. be able to be there more for the kid rather than like be there double parenting with my cell phone, you know? Yeah. Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah. You want a whole ass one thing, not half ass two things. Yeah. yeah. So I guess what might be useful then is sort of what I've done to kind of set that up. I could talk briefly about that. I promised yeah, John these would go 15 minutes, but we're already uh, closing in on that. So <laughs> we'll call it 20 minutes. Um, 
anyway, so where we are right now, I have in my real estate business, I have one agent who does all the agents do good work, but there's one agent in particular who does a lot more than the others. Um, he was a manager in his job prior to becoming a real estate agent. And he's getting to the point where it's sort of like having just a regular team split with him. Like most real estate agent teams work, um, doesn't, doesn't really make sense probably for him anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of proactively see that he hasn't said anything, you know, to like grumble or be upset or whatever. And, you know, he's appreciative of the help that the team provides and I'm appreciative of everything that he does, but eventually it's going to get to the point where it's like, why am I cutting this up with you? You know, because the way a real estate team works is the agents under the team manager split their commission with the person who manages the team. And currently a lot of the work that he does is from leads that I give him, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's where a lot of like newer agents find value in working for a team because it's hard to build business at first and um, getting those leads and getting that mentorship is incredibly valuable. But as he grows, he's going to get more and more of his own work. And then it becomes like, why, you know, what's the point? So yeah. partly to keep him motivated and involved and to just keep him around because I value having him as a team member, I'm planning on moving this to more of a partnership type thing than just a you're underneath me. So what he would do mm -hmm. would be he would manage the agents on the team. So as part of that, we'll be bringing on more real estate agents to do a little bit of what he was doing. And he'll do a lot of the kind of customer focused stuff, some of it that I'm doing. He has investment properties too. So he's kind of grown in his own background to where he can provide a lot of the same advice. And, and we've been working together for a few years now. So he kind of thinks exactly what I think about most stuff at this point anyway. Mm -hmm. Our knowledge has grown together. So, so there's that in place. And then I'll take a step back from a lot of that agent and customer focused stuff and move more into managing like marketing and back office and manage our admin and do a lot of the stuff that isn't as you need to respond to this within 24 hours. So like, right. if it takes a little <clears throat> bit of time to get to it, it's okay. That's what I'm better at anyway. I'm better at setting up systems and structure and everything like that. Um, Again, not that I do a bad job with the other stuff. It's just not where my enjoyment really is. So obviously you do a better job at the stuff that you like to do. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where that is now. On the real estate investment side, like I said, we're hiring somebody to help out with a lot of the more administrative tasks, the like billing, the entering the leases, the renewals, all the paperwork stuff. Mm -hmm. And as part of bringing that person in, uh, we're kind of giving our... Um, we'll call her director of operations, so to speak, but giving her more involvement in decision-making more being kind of what I do as far as managing all the, the parts. So like making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, kind of directing the team, um, making a lot of decisions for repairs or renewals or talking, you know, when to involve the lawyer, when to do blah, blah, blah all the kind of high level stuff that I've been doing. Um, she's been with us for a few years now as well, doing a little bit of everything. So uh, knowledge, skills, and abilities wise, 
she's, you know, she could do most of what I do. It's more right. just a, a confidence in making decisions, um, which she'll still need assistance with. But again, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to get to the stuff that isn't like I need it now. You know, right, right. I'm trying to make it so that if I'm gone for a few days, everything still operates. So we've been setting this up and then with getting this all together, uh, kind of a test, but kind of a lifelong thing that I've wanted to do was hike one of the great trails of the United States. So there's three long trails in the United States. There's Hmm. the Pacific Crest Trail, which is about 2,600 miles that goes along the West Coast. There's the Continental Divide Trail goes kind of on the other side of the mountains. So it goes through Colorado and everything like that. Both of those go all the way from Mexico to Canada. So you're spanning the whole United States. And then there's the Appalachian Trail on the East Coast, which goes from Georgia to Maine. Um, You know, you're pretty much off the grid for four to six months when you do this. Um, So really being the day-to-day guy doesn't work if you want to do that. So this has been something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. And it's also a very, you've been a very useful business exercise because you have to think about like, how would my businesses operate if no one can talk to me? So that's what I've been setting up to do. And we finally started to get our businesses to a point where this will be possible by hiring people, offsourcing some of that day-to-day work. So I'm taking the opportunity before we have kids to do that uh, Mm -hmm. next year in March. So March, 2022, this recording, this podcast, which will come out after I send the email, um, I have to tell all my customers about this still, which a number of them listen. So they'll be finding out about it prior to this uh, episode being released. However, uh, however, it'll be, it'll be all in a very good place. I'm confident with everything that we have set up. Um, just because a lot of the people that are going to be making a lot of the day-to-day decisions will be, have been with me for long enough that I'm confident in their ability to do pretty much everything that I do. Um, and then I will still be, it's not like you're dead when you're on the trail, right? So I'm going to set it up so that once a week, I'm just going to check in with the people of authority. So all the different managers just to make sure that if there's anything they're uncomfortable with, um, we can go over, you know, an hour every week or every other week, just to make sure that they're still have everything that they need to take care of business. Um, and then that'll be a good test for about six months of my life where I'm only available once every other week and it'll be a good test and, uh, put our systems together to be a way more passive financial independence vehicle than kind of like a day-to-day type thing. You know, I don't need to be the guy picking up the mail every once in a while. I don't need to be the guy like doing all these little tasks. Yeah. You know, when you can, it's nice because employees appreciate it. Like it shows that you're still willing to do whatever. I mean, and I, I generally still am. It's not like I'm above any aspect of the business, but, um, you know, it's nice when you finally take yourself out of that, that role and you push it on to people. And as long as you treat your people fairly, they'll stay loyal and they'll stay involved in your business and, you know, everything like I, um, I remember at the beginning, whenever we hired our 
uh, property manager, she was making $15 an hour. And I saw in the back of the van, it was like moving. It was like a moving truck. And it was like, uh, do you want to work for us? Make make $15 an hour. And I was like, I don't think I can pay my property manager the same as somebody with no skills. So we're going to up her salary uh, just from seeing <laughs> it on, on a truck. And I, and I was like, OK. Um, and yeah, now $15 an hour is like... Uh, I guess that's what they're shooting for for minimum wage. So I don't Mm -hmm. know, but I mean, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of where I am. That's what I'm doing with financial independence and setting it all up for this, this trip will be good because then when I come back, I'll be able to, you know, have those systems that we've had to force into place and work on. Um, If there's any clunkiness to it, when I get back, we'll have that experience to like, how do we operate without me being around? Um, and that'll set us up so that I can kind of enjoy a little bit more of what I've built versus kind of just being stuck in a new sort of treadmill, whatever the, there's the joke about being an entrepreneur that you work 80 hours, so you don't have to work 40. Um, (laughs) and I feel like until you hire a staff to replace a lot of what you do, that's, that's kind of what it is. So yeah, agreed. Okay. That's Got sort it. of my plan here. Yeah. So you, you've essentially found some good employees that you know and trust now, and you're really trying to like, you know, give them opportunity is what I'm hearing. Right. And are, are you, you're probably leaving. Well, I know you're certainly doing this with your one agent because you're obviously giving more of a cut, but it sounds like, you know, you're basically giving them some of your upside. Right. So like, you know, there's a cost to this, right? Like you're not going to keep the same margins. Uh, you're going to switch gears. So you're yeah, basically but, saying, I'm yeah. going to trade this money for, for what other stuff, right? That's time, I say time and headspace, mm-hmm. like a big part of it, I think that I don't really see too many people talk about it, but whenever you're involved in a job or even day-to-day operations of your own business or everything like that, you lose a lot of perspective. So even now that we've hired a few employees, I've noticed that sometimes they say things like, oh, I never would have thought of that whenever I make suggestions. Or they're like, oh, that's why we ask you because you have good ideas. And I'm not the type, they already know by this point, I'm not the type of person that like, you're just going to pander to and like, it's not my personality. You're not going to win over I was gonna my make trust that joke. with compliments. Like I... I don't need compliments and nobody gets preference from giving like uh, sucking up to the boss, so to speak. Um, And they, they mean it, but really the only reason why I have some ideas like that is because I'm not tied up in the, in the muck here, in all the stuff. Like I haven't had all the crap that led up to making that decision. So I'm not like as emotionally invested in it. So can kind of step back and give a critical idea or, you know, a suggestion or something like that, that uh, just because I've had the headspace to think about it, because my mind's not full of deadlines and paperwork and everything else. So that's a pretty valuable thing, I think, like as a business owner, to be able to push some a lot of that off so that you can focus on growth and, and you say it takes away some of your margin and that, and that's true temporarily, but mm-hmm. 
it also allows you to expand and grow so much more than you can if you're like solopreneur operator everything yeah agreed agreed okay well that's uh i mean i think that's great so you know for the listener essentially you've done this work it's taken you about 10 years um and like like eight but i said almost a decade i've two years is a long time but we'll round up yes yeah yeah. (laughs) uh i mean yeah just as a rule of thumb like how quickly can i do this i I think you probably could have done it faster if you were really aggressive right but there's a balance like to go really fast uh yeah it's stressful so yeah that and i mean i don't it would have been hard to go that much faster there's also a good bit of like if you listen to the how i built this thing the last question there's a podcast about like people who build you know big boy businesses like billion dollar companies and stuff and at the end they always ask what role did luck play in your in your Mm. journey and it's like there are definitely some what we'll call fortunate breaks but you know you you still kind of set yourself up to to be open to those sorts of opportunities like i wouldn't have been able to build what i built if I didn't have pretty good business partners, you know, like if I wouldn't have met them and done that, Mm -hmm. um, the lending environment and real estate has been a pretty big, uh, boon. So like, you know, they've, they've been starting to, well, it's kind of started to taper off from COVID It came a little bit more rigid again, but it's still credit is pretty available so it's very not, available yeah you don't have to have like a million dollars in the bank to be able to get a loan you just need to have a good property which is actually a pretty healthy place for real estate because prior to this you didn't even need to have anything in the bank and the property didn't need to be performing and you could get a zero percent down loan that yeah. was pretty irresponsible now we're in in a pretty healthy balanced lending environment i think for both banks and investors so that's been a good break but really, you know, being active in the market, uh, working on everything, being open to opportunities, that sort of stuff, that's like a personal thing that anybody can do. And that mm-hmm. doesn't involve any luck at all. That's just, you know, keep moving forward. So, yeah, nice. Awesome. Okay. Anything you want to leave the people with? No, other than I took way more time than I told John I would. Yeah, that's, that's how it goes. But, all right. Well, thanks for listening and uh yeah we'll uh we'll be sure to delete this episode until after you send out that email (laughs) (laughs) that works all right see you later all right see you next time everybody where we'll talk about my side of the same conversation